7, verse 15, is where we will start, which coincidentally is where we ended last Sunday. That was the last passage we looked at when we were talking about the nature of God and that God is eternal. We, we referenced this passage, but it's a good passage, and, and so are the verses after it and what it speaks of, and so I felt that it would be fitting for us to just continue on with that tonight. Isaiah chapter 57, God's people, Israel, Judah, they uh, are not very good most of the time that we see in the Old Testament. They are, for seasons, walking faithfully with the Lord. There are always a few who are righteous, but many times the people, God's people as a whole, are in disobedience to Him. And the whole Old Testament is ups and downs of God's blessings and God bringing punishment on His people. And continually we see the grace of God time and again throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament, and today as well. And we need to be reminded of that. And so I think this passage is a good passage to do that. So let's pray and we'll get started. Father God, we come to you and your word is good. And God, I pray that as we are in this season of revival, that you would bring that to our lives, dear Lord. Maybe there are some that are doing well. Maybe they are in a season where they are on fire for you as we speak. Maybe for others, dear Lord, times are tough. Maybe there is a need for revival in some more than others. And I pray, God, that this time would renew our love and our excitement for you and our joy in you. And I pray, God, that even in these words that we read tonight would begin to bring healing to our heart and bring joy to our soul, dear Lord. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Isaiah 57, verse 15. For the high and exalted one who lives forever, whose name is holy, says this. Now, this is speaking of God, of course. This is the one who is speaking here is God. I live in a high and holy place and with the oppressed and lowly of spirit. Now, we talked about that last week, the beauty of that, that God is eternal and God lives in heaven, in the highest heaven, but God does not only live in the highest heaven, praise the Lord. God could have just spoken all things into existence and stepped back and said, okay, here is humanity and go for it. You're on your own. And there are some Christians who would believe that that is how God functions, but I don't think that that's what the Scripture teaches. And I think verses like these are good evidence of that. Yes, God resides in the highest and most holy place, but God is everywhere. We talked about that when we were talking about the nature of God. He is ever-present, so he can, be, he can be fully God and be fully in dwelling in heaven, but he also dwells among us. And what does it say here? He de dwells with the oppressed and lowly of spirit. Now, is that ever us? Are we ever those who are lowly in spirit? Perhaps there are days where our spirit is full of cheer and full of rejoicing and full of good times and full of happiness. But perhaps there are other days that our spirits are sad, that our souls are weary, 
and that we are those who are lowly in spirit. Well, praise the Lord that God doesn't just sit enthroned above us looking at us saying, man, I wish there was something I could do. But instead, God did do something. He sent Jesus Christ and through Jesus Christ, we now have the Holy Spirit that dwells in us and God dwells with us and God dwells in us and God is with us on our best days and God is with us on our worst days as we have just talked about in Ecclesiastes a few weeks ago to remember God on the days when things are good but also remember that He is also the same God on the days that days are bad and we need to praise Him and remember Him just the same and praise the Lord He is with those who are lowly in spirit. And what does he do here? It says to revive the spirit of the lowly and revive the heart of the oppressed. Sometimes, perhaps when we think of revival, we think, okay, we want to we want to invite in a bunch of lost people, and we do. We certainly always want people to come and hear the word of God. But But generally speaking, when we are speaking of revival, we are speaking of reviving something that is already there that's, that's kind of beginning to wane sometimes. And that happens in the life of the believer. There are seasons where we are on fire for the Lord and we really seek God and to seek uh, to do His will and to live by His Word, but yet there are other seasons where just the, just the stresses of life weigh on us. Our own sin weighs on us. Our, our laziness might, might weigh on us because we're not really seeking God or reading His Word. And so there are times that for the brother or the sister in Christ, that we need to be revived, that our relationship with God needs to be renewed. And, and it's good that we have seasons that we label as revival because oftentimes that may cause us to kind of look at things in a different mindset. It may cause us to reflect on our own life and say, okay, how am I doing right now? Well, maybe we say, I'm not doing very good right now. I'm not, I'm not in a good season. Spiritually, maybe, maybe you're dry right now. Whatever it may be, maybe you say, man, there's some things in my life that I really need to clean up. I really need to start giving more time to God. I really need to start listening to Him. I really need to pray that He would give me discernment. And so when we come to seasons of revival, these are good times for us to reflect on our own lives, to see how we are doing. And maybe we are in a good season, praise the Lord, then let us continue to seek God and serve Him. Maybe you come into this revival that's before us and you are in a season of spiritual drought and a season of, of just weariness and, and, and being burdened with the stresses and the worries of the world. Well, praise the Lord that God is with us who are lowly in spirit. And it is God who revives us. He revives the heart of the oppressed. He revives the heart of the one who is lowly in spirit. Praise the Lord. Perhaps that's what some of us need. Perhaps that's what our church needs. Churches need that from time to time. Even the best churches, I believe, need seasons where where we are reminded of the goodness of God. We need seasons where things are kind of get shook up a little bit, where where there are different people that come and preach the word to us, that, that preach in different ways or bring about different things and different groups come and play music and maybe it's a different style or they play sometimes different songs that we aren't used to hearing that, that kind of shake up the, the, the routine that we sometimes find ourselves in. Sometimes, even if we're doing good with the Lord, we simply need to be revived as a body of Christ because sometimes... 
even the work of ministry can get in the way of our relationship with God. We can become so focused on doing the things of the church and doing ministry, all of which are well and good, but sometimes we can become so focused on the work at hand that, that we forget, hey, wait a minute, we're doing this for God, and we want to make sure that God is glorified in this and that we are drawing closer to God in the things that we do. So praise the Lord that He does revive us and gives us seasons of refreshing. Verse 16, For I will not accuse you forever, and I will not always be angry. For then the Spirit would grow weak before me, even the breath of man which I have made. Now, God is, is bringing some hard times on His people. And we see this throughout the Old Testament, that God's people are frequently... Uh, living in sin and disobedience to God. And, and sometimes God brings His wrath upon them. God disciplines them. God is angry with them. And that's what we see in this passage. God is angry with His people. And perhaps there are times in our life, we may not like to think about this, but maybe there are times that God is angry with you and I. Maybe there are things that we are doing or a way that we are living that is not pleasing to God. And maybe tonight even, God is angry with us in some way, shape, or form as individuals. Maybe not. I mean, this is between you and the Lord and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will convict us of those things. But, but in those seasons of life that we feel it, we, we probably know it. We probably realize, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm not doing what I should do. I'm not living for the Lord the way that I should live for the Lord. And maybe God is angry with the way that we live sometimes. And that's a, that's a pretty heavy thing when we, when we are aware of our sinfulness and we are aware, wait a minute, I have really been sinning against God or I have not been seeking God or I have not been listening to God or I have not been living for God. I've been living for me. And those are, those are heavy times when we realize that we have sinned against the Almighty God. But what does God say here? And it's beautiful. For I will not accuse you forever and I will not always be angry. So the fact that God gets angry with us is a, is a heavy thing. But praise the Lord that God does not stay angry. Now God would be right to do so. Because when we sin against God, that is, a, that is a horrible thing to sin against God. And God would be just, as we talked about in the nature of God. He would be just if He was angry with us and He punished us. But praise the Lord, His anger often relents. Praise the Lord that He gives us mercy, that He gives us grace. And praise the Lord that when we read passages like these, we can be reminded that God will not be angry with us forever. And when there are those seasons of discipline, they are for our good. They are for our safety. But praise the Lord that we can know that God is a loving and gracious God to us. I thought about when I read that first part of that uh, verse there, I thought about our little dog, Portia, who is sometimes very bad and when I come in the house and she has done something bad, I always know it because she will not really want to come around to me. She kind of gets in the corner and she just kind of looking with her head down and I know that she has got into something. And I look around and I'll find something that she has torn up and I'll walk over there to it and I'll point to it and I'll say, did you do that? And when she hears me say it, she cowers down and Perhaps we are similar with God. When we read God's Word and it really convicts us and the Spirit convicts us, it's as though we are hearing God ask us, Did you do that? 
And we don't like that. We don't like, we don't like that response because we know we did it. Because we know we sinned. Because we know we're guilty. And sometimes Portia will do stuff and she'll chew through an electric wire or something. Praise the Lord. They've never been hot. And she'll come over there and I'll say, Did you do? and I'll be angry. And I'll get her and I'll shake that wire and I'll pop her a little bit. And she does not like it. She does not like it. But praise the Lord, here's the deal. I'm not angry forever. And so she's kind of scared for a second. But then after I get on to her, I get down there. And I love on her a little bit, and she begins to ease up. Now, if I was angry all the time, and I always got on to her, and I never showed her love, and I never gave her grace after she chewed the wires, then guess what? She would walk around all the time, cower down and afraid, but, but she doesn't, because there's love and there's grace that follows the discipline. And that's how it is with God. God is angry with us sometimes. And perhaps we hear God say, did you do that? And we, and we know we did that, and, and it's a scary thing to be before a God that we have sinned against, but what a beautiful thing it is to know, but good news, I'm not going to be angry with you forever. Yeah, I'm going to discipline you, I'm going to get on to you, but it's to get your attention for your own good, because I don't want you to be harmed, I don't want you to live in sin, I don't want you to continue to live down this, down this path that you're going down. And so perhaps we need to be reminded of that tonight, that, yeah, there are times that God is not pleased with us, but praise the Lord, God does not stay that way against those who are His forever. Second half of the verse there says, For then the Spirit would grow weak before me, even the breath of man which I have made. And our spirit would be weak if we felt that God was angry with us all the time and that there was no hope and that there was no grace and that there was no mercy then we would walk around bummed all the time. <clears throat> and maybe sometimes we do. And maybe we need to be reminded tonight, wait a minute, God is good to us. He doesn't want to, to beat us down. He doesn't want us to walk around weak. He wants to get our attention so that we would repent, so that we'd seek Him, so that we would come to Him. He does not have any desire to crush our spirit, but He desires to lift us up and to revive our spirit. Verse 17 <clears throat> Because of his sinful greed, I was angry. So I struck him. I was angry and hid. But he went on turning back to the desires of his heart. Now this is speaking of God's people here. They continued to do evil and evil. And what, did, what, what was God's response? Well, he was angry and he struck them. That is, he disciplined them. He says he was angry and hid. I don't, uh, perhaps kind of at first glance when you read that, it's like God struck him and ran away and, and hid. But, but I don't think that's what the meaning is there. God was angry with them, and perhaps the meaning is that God hid his face from them. That is, God's favor had, had been on them, but God hid his face from them and in some way perhaps that they had felt forsaken by God. Maybe it's similar to what we think about with Jesus on the cross there as he had been beaten and mocked and had been hanging on the cross there. And what did he say? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And what a scary place that is. What a scary time that is in our life for the people of Israel that God had disciplined them and had turned His face from them, had turned His favor from them. Perhaps there are seasons in our life that we have felt that way. And we ask the question as Jesus did, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you turned from me, God? Why don't I see your face? Why don't I feel your presence? Well, maybe... The reason why is simply because we're not seeking God. Maybe the reason why is because we are at times no better than the Israelites that these passages are written to. That we ourselves find ourselves in situations where God tries to get our attention. 
But praise the Lord, He will not turn His face from us forever. He will not abandon us forever, but He seeks to come to us and to revive us and make us new and make us better than we were. But for the people of Israel there, the last part of the verse, God was angry with them and they continued to seek the desires of their hearts. So they're in a bad place. God's people are in a bad place. And this is not hard to see throughout the Old Testament. But even though they are in a bad place, even though their heart is not always right, listen to what God says here in verse 18. I have seen his ways, but I will heal him. Now that's, a, that's an amazing thing. God just talks about how bad they are and how they're disobedient and how they're not listening. But God in his grace says, I have seen who they are. The worst of the worst. I have seen their disobedience. Time and time again, I have blessed them. I have put them through seasons of, of discipline. I have turned from them. I have been angry from, with them. But I will not remain this way forever. And even though I know who they are, I will heal them. And that's what we need. That's what every one of us need is to be healed. Our sin is like a disease that, that weighs on us, that burdens us, that, that just destroys us from the inside out. But God wants to heal that disease. And praise the Lord, He does so through Jesus Christ. So God says, look, even though I know your ways are bad, and the same can be said of you and I as it was for them. Even though God knows our ways are bad, God says, but I still desire to heal you. I will lead him and restore comfort to him and his mourners. Isn't that what we want on those seasons where life is not good, on those seasons where we don't know which decisions to make, on those seasons where we are living in sin, on those seasons where it feels like God is a million miles away from us. Is that not what we want, is to feel the presence of God, to bring healing in our life, and, to, and for God to lead us, for us to clearly see, okay, God, I see who you are, I see what your word says, I see what your Holy Spirit's calling in my life. That is what we desire, is to be led and to be comforted by God. And what does he say here? I will restore their comfort. I will lead them and I will restore their comfort. Because apart from God, there is no comfort for us, not for the Israelites, not for anybody else. But God says, even in the midst of their sin, in my goodness, I will restore them, I will lead them, and I will bring comfort to them. <clears throat> Verse 19, creating words of praise. The Lord says, Peace, peace to the one who is far or near, and I will heal him. So people who once were disobedient to God, what is the result of God working in their life and bringing healing to their life and leading them and bringing comfort to them? Their song changes. It becomes a song of praise. Perhaps where before they were praising the idols, now God has gotten their attention. And that is one of the worst things in life when God gets our attention. That is a bad season in life when God gets our attention. However, it is a necessary season in life. It is a bad season in Portia's life when we come home and say, no, no, and Papa. But it's for our own good. It is a bad season in life when as a child your parent gives you a whipping. It is a bad season in life when as a parent you have to give your children a whipping. Those are bad seasons in life. 
but the ultimate goal of such, such actions are to bring about good and to bring about safety of the one who is being disciplined. And that is the goal of God for His people in Isaiah 57. And that is the goal of God for us. That God desires to bring healing to our body. That He meets us where we are in the midst of our sin and that He desires to bring healing to our bodies, to our souls, to our minds, to whatever it may be to, to help us to be those who focus on Him, who live for Him and who trust Him. And the result of God showing up and changing our life and changing our heart should be praise to Him. And what does the Lord leave us with here in verse 19? Peace. Peace to the one who is far or near, and I will heal him. That is, that is the best thing in the world is to be at peace. And the worst thing in the world is to be in chaos. And that seems to be what we see a lot of in our life today. It starts from the moment you get up, the emails start coming, the text messages start coming, the phone calls start coming, you get a call from somebody at work, you get a call from a client, you get a call from a family member, oh, this disaster's happened, this thing's happened, you get a call about, oh, this bill is due, you get in your car to go to work, and there's a part that's broke, and you come home, and your washing machine's broke, and it's just like chaos after chaos after chaos, and you got to take your kids to this and your grandkids to that, and nobody in here has any of those problems. But some people in the world do, and we need to pray for those people. No, we all have those problems, right? We all have that type of chaos in our life on a daily basis. And what we really want is peace. And perhaps sometimes we seek peace, but maybe we don't always seek it in the right place. Maybe the peace that we are searching for, and indeed it is, found only in God. It is God here who says, I'm going to give peace to those who are far, who are near. Whoever you are, no matter where you are, God says, I am the one who will give you peace. Maybe you need peace tonight. May God give us the peace that we desire in our life individually. May God give us peace as a church. May God give us peace as a, as a county. May God give us peace as a state. And may God give us peace as a nation that peace would go out into this world. That is what the world wants. In the midst of the chaos, let us hear the still, small voice of God. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you and we thank you for your good word. Dear Lord, life is tough, and we thank you for just being gracious to us, even though, God, there are many days that we just blow it. God, we don't, we don't listen when you speak. We don't do when we hear. We don't Perhaps read your word always in the way in which we should. God, maybe there are some in this room that, that that's us tonight. God, maybe there are some that are doing good. Dear Lord, you know where we are. God, if we're doing good, help us to continue to seek you and to continue to do good. God, if we're doing bad, I pray that, that you would change our heart, dear Lord, that we would do right by you. God, I pray that in the midst of our chaos, whatever it may be, work or home or school or family trouble or whatever it may be, dear Lord. You know our chaos. You know our minds are going fast, God. But I pray that you would help slow us down a little bit. Help us to stop and to hear you. God, maybe this week is a good week for us to begin to do that. Maybe this weekend and next week is a good time for us to do that, dear Lord. 
that we would take our foot off of life's accelerator a little bit this week and maybe just rest in your presence and rest in your peace and and listen to you, dear Lord, and seek you if we're not already. God, that these men that you're going to send to preach to us in the next few days, that you would give them words that we need to hear, that this group that's going to sing for us in the next few days, dear Lord, would sing songs that would lift our hearts, that would turn us to you, dear Lord. I pray for a season of revival in each one of our lives, dear Lord, in our church, that you would bless us as you already have, and we thank you for doing so. We thank you for these words. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that even though you may be angry at us for a season, dear Lord, that you will not be angry forever. So I pray tonight that we would find your grace, that we would feel your presence, and we would find joy and peace in you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.